Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the fall. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Monday, November 27. We are a couple of minutes past 10 p.m. Eastern. And of course, the sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, brought to you in part by Playground, and brought to you in part by La Bit at TV. We got a good one tonight. Why? Because the Montreal Canadiens have hit the one quarter mark of their season. That's right. They have played 21 games, the Canadians have. 21. One quarter of the way in. How are they doing? Have they improved? Yes or no? What do you think of where they are in terms of the power play? Where do you think of where they are in terms of the penalty kill? Where do you think of where they are in terms of goals scored per game, in terms of goals against per game, in terms of getting better individually, in terms of getting better collectively, in terms of playing as a group, in terms of battling adversity, in terms of avoiding slumps, in terms of how far they are from a playoff spot or not, where they are exactly in the rebuild. And the beauty of all this is is that, of course, once again, everything is a matter of opinion. You can see a glass half full. You can see a glass half empty. There's a lot of things we can look at. For example, we can take a look at the Montreal Canadiens, who are three points less this season than they were one year ago, three points less. And you can say they're worse, but at the same time, there's a couple of reasons why we could actually say they're better. And we're going to get to that in about a minute or two. Actually, why don't we, for the, uh, is this the first time we're doing a panel with three people and then I add to them and that makes four? I'm not sure. It might be the first time that we're doing it this season. I'm going to introduce them one at a time is what I'm going to do. And let me start with former National Hockey League player. He is a Stanley Cup winner. Philip Boucher, what's going on? Hi, Phil. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, real good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. We'll bring Pleasure. in guest number two. He's a former Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout. And every time he's on, he has a lot of people going crazy. And sometimes even myself <laughs> looking at him with his jersey. Like, what, did they do? what are you wearing? An LA Galaxy jersey tonight? Yeah. He is... Simo the Snake Boisvert, I have to tell you, out of all the things he was going to be wearing tonight, I would have never guessed, never, an LA Galaxy jersey, but he is wearing 
an L.A. Galaxy jersey. And there will be one more person who will join the panel. He hasn't logged on just yet. We're trying to make it happen. So he'll log on in about a minute or two. Fingers crossed, I hope. Let's see how good Daniello and is at directing the traffic and getting him on. All right, guys, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Just watching Montreal. I, we were all waiting for that road trip out uh, out uh, out west in California. And you no, know, four points can be good, but when you look at it, it, it raised some question to me about how where they are at the quarter market of the season. All right, so let's get to that. And of course, there are games that are going on right now. So you know, the stats that I might give you might be a little bit off by the end of the show, all depending on what happens in a couple of games that have not. Uh, been finalized just yet but as it stands the Montreal Canadiens are 13th out of 16 in the east but if we take a look at the amount of games they've played for example the Canadians are four points ahead of last place Ottawa but Ottawa has five games in hand Ottawa's playing 500 hockey the Canadians are playing 476 hockey the only team in the East that actually has a lower winning percentage than the Canadians, 476, are the Columbus Blue Jackets at 391. So as we speak, the Canadians have the second worst winning percentage in the East and the eighth worst winning percentage in the entire National Hockey League. Phil, your thoughts? Well, are, are we improving? That's that's the question mark for me. You know, Kirby Doc got injured. I think he was going to be a big part of it with Slavkovsky. I think they had chemistry early in the year. I like what Slavkovsky is bringing this year. We'll have to be patient. But where where are we really going? Who who are we building around? We know about Suzuki, Caulfield, Gooley, and but when are we going to make decisions? Like I know it's. I'm from junior hockey, so you rebuild in junior hockey every four or five years, right? Simo, you know that. You rebuild, and that's a process, and you win a cup, and or you don't, and you try to do it again within four or five years. In the NHL, rebuilding is not very popular. You're, you're either a mediocre team, some have been mediocre for a long time, or you're a very good team like Tampa Bay, like L.A. You win championships, you try to win it again, you rebuild on the fly, and then you keep on winning. Where, where's Montreal going? I, to me, what what hurts right now with, with the question marks I have is I, I much prefer talking hockey with you and GC when we do. I'm on GC in a positive manner. I, I want the Montreal Canadiens to do well because I dedicated a lot of time in my life to junior hockey and minor hockey when my son played, and 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 it's so much better when Montreal is winning. When the Canadians are doing well, the kids want to play hockey and everything is, is positive. But right now, the question marks for me is, where are we really going? Who are we building around? Do we have superstars? Who's going to take us to the next level with this Montreal Canadian teams? Uh, that's that's the question marks I have now. And I'm, I don't want to do another year of, oh, let's lose to, to you know, Connor Bedard was drafted first overall and we never, we never had a chance to, to get him. We get Slavkowski a couple of years ago. And now we need to build around with people we have, and we need to use the picks that we have to make this team better. And when are we going to take that next step? I'm looking forward to it. But, Phil, before I get to Snake, if Kent Hughes yeah. and Jeff Gordon still want to continue with the rebuild, it tells yeah. me that as much as they like some of the pieces they have, they believe they need to add more, plain and simple. More what? More draft pick that they're going to play in three years? Probably. Right. Well, yeah. that, in L.A., right? In L.A., they, they did let go of some people. They, they've kept, and it's an easy uh, – well, I know that organization really well. Obviously, I played there, and Rob Blake is a friend of mine, and Luke Robitaille that we all know here. I played with them. And, but they, they were able to win a cup, two cups in 2012 and 2014, and they had some tough time. But they kept drafting. They kept bringing people up from the minors. They kept signing free agents. They kept trading for guys or signing – Dano, that we know really well. They traded for Dubois. A guy, Dano, that we could have kept, Dubois, that could have traded for. I'm not saying that's what Montreal should have done. But if we want to be a good team, we can't just have all the patience in the world. right? They're doing that in Anaheim. They've been struggling for quite some time. They've been doing that while they went for it in Columbus not too long ago. Now they're drafting and drafting and drafting. They've done that in, in Edmonton. Right, Edmonton, they've been drafting and drafting and drafting very early. Everybody thought they were going to be a cup contender this year, and they're still struggling. So 
to me, it's how, how do we get to the next level? How, how do we bring in grade A free agents? That's going to be important. It's going to be important to the mix in Montreal if you want to go to the next step. Snake, continuing with the rebuild, yes or no? For the first time, we're starting to have some people who are starting to lack a little bit of patience. Here, you just heard it from Phil saying, hey, you know what? I don't want to rebuild forever. I've seen this in junior hockey. You rebuild for four or five years. You go for the cup. Then you try and do it again for another four or five. This is the National Hockey League. How much patience are the Canadians going to have? Are they still going to wait for players who won't play here for another three or four years? Phil says it's time to go out, make some trades, give up some prospects, gives up some draft picks, try and attract free agents here, try and get this team better right away because with the young players you have and the draft picks who will enter the league in two or three years, he believed that they can start being competitive again. Can they? Yes or no? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think that in order to build a cup contender, you have to have about 10 impact players and to a different level, obviously, you know, from superstar to, you know, a very good second line player, a very good number four defenseman, let's say. 10 is a lot. Pierre Maguire yeah. calls him a seven player profile. He says seven. I call it 10. I call it 10, depending on what you call an impact player. Okay. I call it 10. And the thing is, I think the Habs right now, they have to figure out who amongst the guys that they have on the, the NHL roster can become one of those 10 impact players. Okay. And then on the scale from 1 to 10, what do they need? Like in the sense that let's say you consider Suzuki an impact player, and he is. Where does he stand right now on a Stanley Cup contender? Is he your number one impact player or is he your number five impact player? And if you if you consider him the number five impact player, then it means that you probably need to get two, three, maybe four guys in front of him. How do you get these guys? Obviously, you're hoping for a high draft pick and one of these guys become a, a, a star or a superstar. But then again, you need a little bit of luck. With the lottery, You need it depends on the type of draft that you have in the top five, you know, from one year to the other. I mean, there's so many factors, but Philip is talking about trading players in order to, you know, like the Kings did and sign a Dano and get a, a, a Victor Arvidsson and, and guys like that. I, I tend to agree now. I would not have agreed maybe five, 10 years ago, but now there are so many teams sort of tanking, let's call it that you have competition at the top. You want to know why they're tanking? And by the way, for those who were expecting Jean Perron, we were in conversation with Jean. We got the okay. Uh, we've been talking to him for the last 30 minutes. It looks like there's a technical issue there. Hopefully, we're going to try and figure it out with Jean. If not, we'll take a rain check. You know why a lot of teams are going towards the rebuild, Snake? Because there's teams that have done it and done it right, and it's yeah. worked. But hear me out, though. For it to work, you need to be really good in terms of your drafting, scouting, and developing, and you need to be really lucky. So when the Penguins did it, they were lucky to draft Malkin second overall and Crosby. With the second pick. They were lucky to win the lottery and draft Crosby first overall. They were lucky to have had Marc-Andre Fleury first overall. They were lucky to have drafted Jordan Stahl second overall. So all of a sudden, that's a pretty nice head start. When the Chicago Blackhawks wanted to rebuild, they were lucky to get Patrick Kane at number one and Jonathan Taves at number three. That's a pretty good head start. When the Washington well, Capitals decided point. to do it, they were lucky to get Ovechkin at one and Backstrom at four. And when Tampa Bay did it, yeah. they were lucky to get Stamkos at one and Edmund at two. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, and that's my point, is that perhaps right now could be the time to look for trades with teams that are rebuilding and willing to let go of very good assets for so-called prospects. You look at the Buffalo trade. I know they were kind of forced. They, they painted themselves in the corner with the Jack Eichel situation. But my point is, Vegas jumped the gun. And they said, okay, we're, we're, we're going to trade a, a, a good player in his early to mid-20s, Alex Tuck. We're going to trade a guy who was highly regarded, prospect, Peyton Krebs. And a number one draft pick, which, which became the 16th overall, I think, Noah Oslund. Right now, I think it doesn't seem like Vegas 
gave up that much considering the impact that Jack Eichel has. So maybe that kind of yeah. trade could be interesting. But trading for a 28, 29, 30-year-old player, signing a, a UFA who's going to make, I don't know, uh, $8 million a year for seven years at age 30, I don't think is a, is a good uh, way of building a Stanley Cup contender either. I think you have to have a mix of everything, but you also have to go against the flow sometimes. And if everybody's tanking, well, maybe there are bargains to be had out there. Phil? Well, it's, it's just that I'm not saying they should be traded. The, the thing, I think the plan the plan was done the right way in Montreal. And when you talk about luck, I think Slavkovsky is going to be a good NHL player, to be honest. Let's be patient with him. He's a big body. He's going to be a good player. Give him some time. And and when he's a little bit older and better surrounded, it's going to be good. But luck is drafting first overall when it's Connor Bedard, when it's Crosby, when it's it's one of those guys. Montreal ran out of luck on that. It, it's not going to be a superstar. It's going to be a player that can help them win eventually. But I thought, for me, Kirby Doc was going to be a centerpiece of the rebuild in Montreal. And that's bad luck that they've had. And, and until Suzuki and Cofield get challenged, as number one center, number one left, well, to me, he's a right winger, plays left, but whatever. As long as those guys are settled, easily settled in the number one and two slots offensively, where is Montreal going to go? So Doc could have challenged them. Then if if Doc stays healthy, Montreal do, does well. Monaghan might want to stay during the season. I know, Tony, I think you, you're one of those guys that like to see him move for an early pick. Well, I wish Montreal would, would have had more success so far that he would consider stay, and then you you, you get a, a, a not a, a a line of centers like they have in, in L.A. with Kopitar, Dano, and Dubois, but you have a strong uh, a strong position there. Then you can add some winger, you can add a free agent, and then you can bring in a D, and then Montreal would start to go somewhere. To me, they were going somewhere until the injury bug hit again, and then and, and then it's very hard. Like who's going to be the number one goalie now? That that's a that's a problem to me. Identify who you want to move with and trade one guy. If it's Jake Allen you want to trade, they should move him now because there's there's a need for goaltenders in the league right now. Do you want to give Montembeau a chance? If you do, give him the net now. Primo's done well. It's to me, it's just clear signs that we're we never said we were rebuilding in Montreal. We never really used that word, but we were going young. And now, how do we surround those young players? Who do we go with? Who do we build around? Who do bring in to who do we bring in to help them? That that to me was going to be the next step. And with the injury bug again this okay. year, I think like all that is moving in slow motion. I don't think they should trade. Like there's no way you can get a Jack Eichel in Montreal because you never get freebies. You never got the gift that Vegas was given for a six hundred million dollar US, right? No, I'll take this guy, I'll give you a first round pick, and take that guy, I'll give you another pick. And then they have pockets full of picks. Montreal is doing well in that manner where they have a lot of picks. They will be able to make some trades. I think it's going to happen more at the draft, free agency in July, and moving forward next year, I hope they're going to improve the team. All right, okay. Uh, Snake, I want to bring up the graphic of the goalies after 21 games at the one-quarter mark of the Montreal Canadian season. Montembeau, 4-3-1. A goals against average of 281. A save percentage of 908. Allen, 3-5-1. A goals against average of 359. A save percentage of 903. Primo, 2-2. Two two, a goals against average of 341. A save percentage of 898. Snake, what do the Canadians do here? Okay, first of all, I think... Uh... You know how I feel about Primo. I think he's no. I want you to repeat it. I want you to repeat it. Yeah, he's an American Hockey League goalie in my book. If they can find a taker for him, I mean, even for a seven-round pick, that's fantastic. So let's forget about this guy. Uh, Dick Allen uh, contract is maybe a little bit hard to trade right now, but perhaps at the trade deadline, if someone's interested in the goalie, yeah, uh, I, I think they could let him go. I don't think the return would be great, but you know, and. Uh, Montabo, I really don't know. I mean, there, there's one behind him, really, in the organization. I mean, people are talking about Jacob Fowler playing in CA, but this guy's way, way, uh, he's five years away. Let, let, let's be honest. If he's any good, he's five years away. And there's nothing in Laval. So 
I, I don't know what to do with the goalie situation. I, I mean, know. Right now, I know. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. right now, the Habs are not a contender. So Correct. in a way, who cares who's in net? Correct. Yes and no. Yeah. This is what I tell you. You ready? Yeah. Caden Primo, we've seen some promise despite what you think. You think he's an American Hockey League goaltender? At the end of the day, you might be right. I say this. I say he's still young. They're a rebuilding team. Um, whether he wins a lot of games right now, it doesn't really matter. But he needs to play. And we don't know how good he's going to be yet. He's nowhere near his prime. And we still don't know what his ceiling is going to be because we have a small sample size. That's what we have. Jake Allen, we know who he is. Not going to get better. He's already reached his ceiling a long time ago. All right? Montembo, he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. He's not in his prime yet. And he showed some pretty good flashes. Here's what I think. Give away Jake Allen right now. Give him away. He's hard to trade because of his contract. Pay half the contract. Every game that he plays instead of Primo, you're stunting Primo's development. It's fine and dandy to practice here with NHL players all you want and face NHL shots in practice. But you cannot study for the exam every day. Every now and then, you have to take the exam. So why don't you at least study all week? And then once a week, you write an exam. You can't have that with Primo. Four games out of 21, he's played. Four out of 21. So every five-something games, he's playing a game. It's not enough. Give away Allen. Give him away. You're not going to win the cup with him. And, and, and it's, it's, give him away. Pay half the contract if you have to. Phil, am, am, I, am I off my rocker here? I... You're in a rebuild. He's the, he's the youngest of the three goalies. He's the cheapest of the three goalies. He's the furthest away from his prime. He hasn't hit his ceiling. He needs to play. We need to see him. Well, I, I agree almost with everything you said about. I think you said we don't win. We don't need to win hockey games. Didn't, didn't you just say that? I did, <laughs> or something that sounded like it. I, I, no, to me, said, you need you need so to play to win the, the game. This year, they're not going to win. I know, I know. Game. I fully agree. I fully agree with that. Anyway, uh, to me, Montembeau is at the time that you need to know what you got. Most goalies in the NHL come in at 24, 23, 24, 25, sometimes older, and they become full-time goalies, maybe not great uh, number one goalies. But Montembeau, you know what you have as the person. I've met him in junior hockey. My son lived with him. He's a good person. They know him inside out with the organization. Do you trust him? Do you trust the person? Do you trust the character? Do you think he deserves a chance? If he does, give it to him now. And I don't disagree with Primo. You need to know what you got. Hey, if he's Amer an American League goaltender, well, he can be a backup, a decent backup in the NHL. And then, Alan, th the thing to me is you, you just can't give away assets. Uh, there will be a time when Alan can help a team. I wish Alan would win hockey games for Montreal right now and look a little better because he was very good early in the year. But he could help Edmonton. He could help a bunch of teams. He could be a backup for a solid team that's going to go for it, and you need to maximize uh, what you have there in a trade. But I don't disagree with the money. That's different. But what you can get in return. But I, I would be I would be comfortable uh, with a two for one. Montembeau, two games. Primo, one game for the rest of the year. The rest of the year, see what you got. If got Montembeau does that. well, you, you sign him long term because he's going to be, I'll say, in his prime. Maybe yeah. not in the prime of an eight. Well, you'll know. You'll see what you have until the end of the year. Primo could be a decent backup, and then you can look at other options in the summer if that fails. But you're going to have to try that for the second half of the year. For the last 41 games of the year, you're going to need to go with two and know exactly what you have in those two goalies. You know what you have in Allen. Yeah. He's a great citizen. He's a great teammate. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's everything you want in, in an older player on a young team. But does he fit in Montreal right now? I'm not too sure. Phil, look, I totally agree with you, but here's the deal. Jake Allen's contract's not going to change. It's $3.58 yeah. on the cap this season, $3.58 yeah. next season. So the only chance of anyone biting is going to be actually the day of the trade deadline yeah. because the team will say, okay, we'll take him for his $3.85 next season, and this season we're on the hook for a month and a half's worth of salary. That's really all. Yeah. The, but if you do that, you have to understand that between now and trade deadline, Primo's not going to play a lot. That's the problem. Yep. Yep. It is right. a problem because a hockey player needs to play. I don't care what you yep. do in practice. Maybe for a goalie, it's different. You, 
you, you get to see NHL quality shots in practice and you can you can simulate uh, situations two on ones and power plays, one timers or whatever. But a player needs to play. Whether you're a deer or a forward, you need to see the ice and, and as as the same goes for both. Montembeau, you need to know if he can be a number one at this time in his career. And I think Primo, you need to know if he can be a backup. Because you know what? You know exactly what Allen's going to give you. But is that really what you want? That might be what a team needs somewhere else. And that would be – you don't want to have uh, three goalies for the rest of the year, at least for the second half. All right. Earlier today, Marty St. Louis asked about his thoughts on – the Canadians after 21 games played. This is what he had to say. On est, écoute, quoi, on est quasiment pour 500 après 20 games avec les blessures et tout. Non, je suis content de la progression de l'équipe. All right, Marty St. Louis says we're almost playing 500 hockey after 21 games. I'm happy with the progression of the team. Snake, they have three points less than they did a year ago. I think they are where they were supposed to be because not much was done to improve the team. And that was by design, obviously. Uh, they made the new hook trade, which I think is in line with what I was saying a little bit earlier, that you try and get young players that other teams have given up on, not get 30-year-old veterans necessarily. Uh, however, I think what you have to look at is how is how the future core or potential core has progressed. The guys like Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, Caden Gooley. Uh, and, and, and then you have to think, where are they going to be? Uh, what type of player are they going to be in three, four years in terms of, you know, like I said, impact players? Are they going to be top players? Are going to be... At, at, at the bottom of the impact players list. So Cole Caulfield, Suzuki, are they first liners on a contending team? This is what I think they want. You ready? Yeah. Suzuki to be a 1B, Doc to be a 1B. So if neither of them are going to be a 1A, if you have two 1Bs, it's almost better than a 1 and a 2. You get my drift? So Suzuki yeah. to be a 1B, Doc to be a 1B, Cole Caulfield to be a 40-plus goal scorer, and Slavkowski to be a first-line player, good two-way, 200-foot player who can score you 30 goals and pick up 60-plus points. That's what I think they want from them. Caden Gooley? They want him to be a first-pairing defenseman who logs about 27 minutes a game. Phil, your thoughts? I think that's exactly right. And, and for Martin St. Louis, what he says about uh, where his team's at, it's, I think he, that's what he has to say. He can't be too hard on the team, and he, he knows what he's been given. Like like Snake said, it's it's basically the same team as last year. You want patience. He's, they got the injury bug again this year, and I'm getting in trouble. I'm not – too used to that i'm getting in trouble right now on social media because something i said on gc today about i don't know if you read it tony but about chantal and martin being the biggest stars on the team and as long as they're the yeah. biggest stars on the team they're going to struggle winning hockey games that's it with all due respect i've known chantal forever yeah she, she's done everything in hockey but winning a, a ring and we wish she's gonna she's gonna get it. and martin i've had the utmost respect for him what he's done as a player as a human being and what he's done behind the bench but it's a fact that in other organizations, they do have superstars. Other organizations, they do have more depth. And so when I listen to Martin saying, well, I'm okay with where we are, I have to, 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 to agree with him. And I think he's waiting for the next step. That's what he's been probably told. Listen, we're going to give Kirby Doc a chance. He's, is he going to be that 1B center that pushes Suzuki? That was the plan. Is Slavkowski going to become his sidekick like Cofield should be the sidekick of Suzuki? That was the plan. Gouli getting a lot of ice time with Savard. That was the plan. Gouli's doing well, but they're all missing Savard on the back end. So the team is not progressing as as much as, as Martin would like, I think. Uh, and, and that's because of injuries and, and other things and new hook is a good acquisition but they'll need they'll just need some help they'll need some support and, and the star power of this team might came might come with hudson and, and other young guys that they have in the organization that they're going to draft but i think to me free agency martin saint louis is going to be asking for players sooner or later come july 1st this summer or next summer yeah or one he, he came here to win 
Of course, Tata we- left the media to be on a hockey team and to to celebrate a, a Stanley Cup in Montreal, and we're all hoping we can be talking about that too in Montreal. How far down the road, I don't know, but they'll need some marquee players to do that. And there's some there there's some in the organization that will become that. Yeah. Hey, we, we've compared Suzuki to to Bergeron for a long, long time. Well, that's that's a big big step to be as good as Bergeron. But we'll look at what's happening in Boston. What I have like Bergeron is an incredible player. He leaves the team. He's leaving behind his leadership and his good habits and 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 the culture. But the team is doing well because they had other players behind them that can take up the slack. So who's going to be picking up the slack in Montreal? Who's going to be challenging the top guys to make this team uh, a winning team? That's my, that's the question I'm having and I've been asking myself for and, and searching for. And that's probably what the G- GMs and what they're going to do. Who's, who's going to be yeah. helping us to get to the next step? I'm still not sure that there's going to be enough guys to pick up the slack for Bergeron without not being there in the playoffs, though, Phil. But I can't wait. No, by I the agree. way, by the yeah. way, uh, Phil and I work television, of course, like you know, and, and and we work radio. We don't choose the headlines, eh, folks? We don't choose the headlines, all right? <laughs> Take yeah, it we, out of the chin right now. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we, 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 we we say certain things, and sometimes some of the headlines come out, and we're like, yeah. oh, man, that's going to get a reaction. And that's what people choosing the headlines are supposed to do, right? So if they get a reaction, they're yeah. doing their job pretty well, all right? Okay, so now. Uh, yeah, just listen to the interview, though. That was pretty much what I just said here. The, yeah. The, the, they're two respected people. They're loved by everyone. They're loved by the fans, but. As far as I, I'm concerned, not too many people are buying tickets to see somebody coach. As much as I like Martin, he's very entertaining for us. And I think he's the right person to lead this team to a, the next championship. Yeah, He's going to need some help on his bench. All right. Okay. Now, before we get to that, uh, Marty St. Louis was asked by Eric Engels, who's a regular collaborator, usually on Mondays. I believe he's going to join us tomorrow, by the way. He was asked about the process. Let's hear Marty on the process. I feel like we're staying the course, um, you know, and it's like, it's funny, like, <clears throat> you get better at something and then, and then you, you, you slip somewhere else, you know, it's constantly like trying to, you know, to, to, to improve and, um, and you have to be careful and be very specific, you know, like, this is what we're going to work on today. And I feel we've done a good job at that. And um, I feel our team is, is a better team than we were 20 games ago. You know? And, and, and that, that's the goal, and it's to keep improving at, at everything. Does any part of that evaluation take into account that you're like the third youngest team in the league, or do you push that aside and say it doesn't matter we're, we're in a process of trying to get better every day? Yeah, I mean, no, no matter... <clears throat> No matter what, I think that's that's their goal. Whether you're you're young, old, you know, you have to evolve as players, and you have to evolve as team, and that's what we're doing. Process is the sexy word. The last couple of years, let me tell you, Snake. What do you think of Marty Saint Louis on the process so far? Well, I think what he's uh, trying to say is that he he knows that his bosses are, are being very very patient with the the building of the roster. And that people shouldn't expect splashy moves in order to accelerate something just to gain a few points in the standings. Because remember, do you want to be a good team or do you want to be a Stanley Cup contender? It's very easy to speed up a rebuild by making a few trades, trading picks, prospects, you know, Columbus has been going like back and forth with this idea. But that's what I think Phil wants to do here. Phil, am I wrong? You want to speed it up. Don't do you not? No, I get to wait, wait for the right time. Like you look at Ottawa, they've had some veteran players. They're still struggling right now. We'll wait to see what they're going to do there. But uh, there's like in Buffalo, they're, they're one of the youngest teams, just like uh, even par with Montreal almost. They got Alex stuck next year, but you need to bring in some people to help them. Uh, get to that next level and in some of the top contenders toronto and edmonton have, have done it and and they're they're really missed their chance right now you look at a team like detroit they've drafted well but they brought in a lot of veteran over the summer over the last two years Perron and a bunch of other guys chair 
And they're trying to get to that next step because those are the guys you're going to have to be battling with, the Detroit, the Buffalo, the Ottawa. And it, yeah. it's it's at the right time. You can't be chasing a player. Would, it, would Dubois have been a, a good player in Montreal? I think so. Was it the right time? I'm not sure. But timing will be there sooner or later within the next 48 wow. months or so, three years, to bring in somebody to yeah. help that group. You can't just wait for your guys to – to all come up from the minors and all grow up together. Like you said, it happened It happened in, in Pittsburgh. I was there, right? I was there in Pittsburgh. But Malkin, Crosby, first and second overall picks. Then you got Dupree, and then you got uh, Fleury, first overall. Then you got Talbot, and those guys growing up in the organization. But it took Kunitz and Bill Guerin and a few other guys, Al Gale, to, to bring in that group together to win it. And, and the year we won it, we were – tent in the east at this time of the year and michelle terrian got fired so we weren't exactly stanley cup contender at this time of the year but you montreal can... is not there they don't have yeah. the malkin and the correct. crosby correct but sooner or later you'll need to bring in major pieces correct to that organization if we ever want to have a parade in montreal yeah, but you can't do what detroit is doing right now detroit is not ready to win no. although but but right now they're loading the roster With, with veteran players that they signed to three, four, five-year contracts, yeah. and they're nowhere near ready. I mean... Uh, I don't uh, like it either. They're going to be in no yeah. man's land for a long it, time. It was, I, I understand what they're trying to do, but yeah, they're heading for no man's land. It could be a good team, a decent team, but I think that ship has sailed in terms of Detroit being a contender one day because of what they're doing right now. Obviously, they had a little bit of bad luck with the lottery and stuff. We talked about it. I, I understand. But I think I saw the signings in Detroit last year, you know, Chirot and Perron. And, and I'm like, those are signings you make when you're about to win the cup. Take players that we know really well, Montreal, Toffoli. He's doing well in New Jersey. Yes. But he wouldn't really help Montreal. It was the right thing to move him. But now you have Monaghan. Monaghan, if he stays healthy and if he plays like he did early in the year, is it the right thing again to let him go? Or now... A year and a half later, you keep him within the organization. I trade him to take pressure off. I well, the rest of I, I'm not sure what I would do right now. To be honest, like well, I, right now it's easy it to depends say. what the offers are going to be. Yeah, and then it depends what we look like uh, at the trade deadline and the other options. I think if you let him go, you got to bring in maybe another center, another younger player, NHL ready player because. You know, I, I've seen Laval play quite a bit. There's not a ton of players in Laval that no. are going to be ready. There's there's one or two rookies per season that fits into a lineup. Sometimes there's none. So we think in Montreal we're going to bring in three or four rookies every year on the way to that next cup. To me, to me, it's not going to happen. All right, yeah. you guys talked uh, about I, that. I, I agree with yeah. you, Phil. My only issue with what Detroit is doing is that they give expensive long-term contracts to these guys. Yeah. I think if you're going to adopt your strategy, you, you have to go on short term. You know, like they re-signed Monaghan for a year, two million. Yeah. I think this is fine. But if you go out, out there and give a, a, a very, uh, you know, average player, average veteran, 28, 29-year-old guy, 25 million for five years, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Let's stay with Monaghan here. I'm, yeah. I would not give Monaghan $6 million a year. I, I'm hoping right now with it, with a decent season and, and, and the injury bug maybe buying, being past him, but that you never know, that w he would be happy here, that he would want to be around the young players and grow with them at, at a decent salary. I wouldn't be throwing all the money in the world. I wouldn't do that for, for anybody if I was Montreal right now, other than – a young player that can help you on the long run. Like like they did in I, – I wish they would have entertained Dubois a little bit more. Maybe they have. Like Dubois would have been a perfect fit to me Phil, in a year Phil, or two. Phil, they wanted Caden yeah. Gooley or Kirby Doc. I'm not doing that. wasn't doing Was it that? then. I'm not, no, no, I know. Exactly. I wouldn't Doc. do that either. No. Yeah. I would not have done that either. No. Okay, so now, uh, Monaghan, I'll tell you this. I'm Kent Hughes. You want to know why I'm calling Monaghan's agent? Right now. Right now, he has zero points in his last six games. Got one point yeah. in his last eight. I'm calling him now, and I'm yeah. lowballing well, him. We're saying the same thing in a different way. Yeah, That's exactly what I would do. I'm lowballing him. Yeah, you know, does he want uh, 
Does he want uh, four years, 16? I give him four years, 16. I don't want to give him more than that. I want to lowball him. I know he's worth more than that, but I want to lowball him. The guy, the guy can play 20 minutes a night, power play PK, and, and he's not complaining about anything, right? doesn't have to be in the first line. You, you put him out there. I'm sure Martin likes him a lot. I'm sure Martin would – I would think Martin would – push with for him a little bit there's a guys you can that can fit in with anyone and as the older the the young players are going to get the more free agents you're going to be bringing in the deeper teams you're going to be the better player he's going to be and and that's you're going to be looking for a player like him in three years uh to win but what's the price that's that's a, that's the big question all right marty st louis asked uh in regards to goals he's getting uh from his defenseman this is what he had to say. Ben, c'est dur à, à attaquer euh, <coughs> si tes défenseurs sont pas impliqués. Euh, fait que, tu sais, on essaie de les impliquer euh, le plus qu'on peut, euh, toujours en, en, en gérant le, euh, le risque qu'on prend. Euh, non, mais jusqu'à date, euh, tu c'est pas quelque chose que... que Je m'attendais à nos défenseurs, ils vont être, euh, ils vont scorer beaucoup pour nous autres. Puis ça, on va, être, on va être la première équipe dans la ligue dans ce département-là. C'est pas quelque chose que tu, tu t'attends ou tu, tu, tu penses, mais c'est de des impliquer dans les concepts qu'on essaie de jouer. Puis je pense qu'ils s'impliquent très bien. Philip Boucher, I think, would have been uh, yeah. would have been a pretty good player for Marty St. Louis and the type of hockey they play. He says we try and get them involved in the in the rush yeah. and in the attack as much as we can. You're not going to have a very good offense if you don't engage the defense. We try and get them up to speed and involved and up to date and up to par with all the concepts that we have, all at the same time trying to manage the risk that comes in with it. I think he's trying to say I give them the green light to go. But they can't go all the time. They're going to have to pick their spots, correct? I would love to play for him. And Stefan Robida does a hell of a job. Stefan was a pretty active defenseman, not the biggest uh, biggest player or the biggest stats around, but he was always involved in the play, always never never doing everything, anything uh, halfway. He would go hard on offense, hard on defense. That's the way he want to play. And to me, it's one of the biggest surprises this year that Montreal can score that many goals, to be honest. If you would have told me, are they going to be first in the league in goal scoring by defensemen or last in the league yeah. at this time of the year? I think I would have said last, but that's one thing they want to do. They let them go. They give them freedom. And, and Madison is doing really well offensively. I think he's being asked too much defensively. Yeah. The, the loss of Savar hurts him. He's playing too many minutes, but offensively he's done a really, really good job. And Justin Barron, I had doubts if Justin Barron – could be an NHL defenseman this year. And through injuries, he's found his ways. And the same thing. Offensively, he's doing really well. Kovacevic is doing well. He's got three goals this year. I never thought I never yeah. saw that coming. Let's bring up we know he was going to play some solid minutes. But yeah. it's to me, Barron is a plus offensively. Madison is a plus offensively. And the freedom to go uh, in, in the system is what really helps. All right. Here the stats are up right now. Mike Matheson has five goals. Justin Barron's got four. Kovacevic has three. He's coming off his worst game of the season, by the way, in L.A., where he yeah. was a minus three. Caden Gooley has two. Jacki has one. Gustav Lindstrom has one. And, of course, Jaden Struble, who's played only three games, does not have a goal yet. Neither does Jordan Harris, who's played 16, and neither does David Savard, who's played five. Guys, in terms of the young defensemen on the Canadians, and you can only have so many going forward, and we know the Canadians expect um, a couple of other young defensemen to be up with the big team in a couple of years from now, and uh, and uh, we know who they are, of course. Out of those, let's let's put back up. Let's put back up the list, okay? Uh, Logan Mayu is one of the guys I was talking about, and Lane Hutchins another one of the guys I was talking about, of course. Out of the defensemen that are up on this list, the defensemen who played for the Canadians this year, if there is a young defenseman who's lost points or is losing points, Snake, who is it? I would say Jordan Harris. Because I think Jordan Harris is proving right now that he's just, he's an NHL player, but there's no offense in his game. Table. Yeah. So what do you do with this guy? Do you keep him as a third-pairing guy forever? Or do you let him go and try and get someone with more upside? Because right now, I, I think he's reached a plateau. And 
like I say, doesn't bring much to the table. So I would say Jordan Harris. Phil, uh, I want to keep the list up so people can actually visualize yeah. what we're talking about. Okay. Jack guy's hurt and it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Jaden Struble's played three games in Phil Boucher's world in your world. Is there room on the blue line for both Jack guy and Struble? Uh, I think they're both very capable NHL players. Jack, I, I, I like him. The, the thing is, who, who's going to stay on this team going forward with me, you, and Reinbacker and other guys coming up and maybe pot, potential free agents coming in? It's who you can fit with. Who's going to be Gouli's partner? Who can grab that chair and say, oh, I'm going to play the next three or four years, four or five, six years. We're going to be winning together. Jordan Harris it might be falling out of favor. To try to answer your question, I really like what Jack Guy brings to the team. He seems to be a really good fit in the locker room. If he can stay healthy, he's tough as nails. There, there's a part of that, that that's needed and still in the NHL. Offensively, he's better than people think. To me, for him to really stay and to be a top five, six, or maybe a top four defenseman in the NHL, he's going to have to cut down on, on, on low mistakes on the defensive end because he's going to have to play against top-end players but he's still a very young player. So I think Struble can play. Struble has the, the, the physical uh, capabilities. He's, he played in college, and he, he's very strong, and he shows me that he can play at the NHL level. But some of these guys are going to have to be moved, which is going to be good. In Nashville, they've drafted defensemen forever, first round after first round, second round, and they've been traded, able to trade those players for other assets. Anaheim is doing the same. They have a tons of defensemen in their farm system. I think Montreal eventually is going to have to move some of those pieces to acquire players, to, to be an add-on to a trade. I think Jack Eye is going to be in Montreal for a long time. And you know what? If they can play together somehow as a fifth and sixth defenseman, that means maybe the Barons won't be around, the Kovacevic won't be around. But that would be a, a big pair of defensemen that, uh, you know, when Montreal went to the final, we weren't able to sit in the stands, but they had a big group of defensemen with Weber and Cherrett and those guys. And and uh, who knows, maybe they'll be able to play together. Snake, Phil asked a question that I'm going to answer, but I'm going to throw to you. He says, who's going to be alongside Matheson in a couple of years? Who's going to be on the top pairs? I'm going to tell you what I think that the, the Canadians would want I don't know if it's going to happen, but in the Canadians' ideal world, two years from today, I'm going to give it two years. It might even happen earlier, but I think what the Canadians would want is two years from today, your right-handed defenseman on the top two pairings are Ryan Backer and Mayu. <laughs> okay, for Ryan Backer, I like the player. Uh, Mayu, like I said... Best case scenario, best, 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 best case scenario is the third pairing guy. So let's let's get him out of the conversation. I think what could happen is well, that a third pairing and a second pairing. I mean, Kovacevic started on the third pair, then you saw him on the second, then you see him on the third, and you saw him on the second. Okay, forget about Mayu, okay? Now, I think this draft is um, in the top 10. There's going to be a lot of defensemen this year. It's a very, very good draft for defensemen. So depending where the Habs end up in the lottery, I wouldn't be surprised if they got another defenseman. Out oh, of the that would be yeah, which yeah, is why last year really when I fun. saw the defenseman coming in twenty twenty four, that I I thought Michkov was the way to go. But anyway, that's that's not our conversation. We've had it a million times, and we're not going back. So let's look to the future, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Habs started uh, got another defenseman and started collecting them the way. Philip was saying Nashville did. And then at some point, Nashville was supposed what was able to pull the, the trade for Seth Jones. I don't think it was a good trade because I'm not a fan of Johansson. But the point is, they, they were able to trade from a position of uh, power in order to fill up uh, some holes that they have some gaps. You guys are and really I, good. You guys are. Habs could do. If the Habs get a guy, I'm just naming one name. I'm not saying he's the, the best guy, but one on top of my head Sam Dickinson, London Knights. Mm-hmm. This, He's a, he's a very, very complete defenseman. Not saying he's going to win the Norris. Not saying he's going to score 70 points. But he's he's a very, very complete defenseman who's going to be NHL ready very soon. I think one more year in London and he's ready. And so you see, let's say you have a guy like this. Dickinson, you have Ronbacher, you have Gooley. Wow. Now you, you have a great top three. 
Okay, I'm going to say something you guys are going to hate hearing, but I'm going to say it anyway. You ready? Take a lot of the veteran players and try and trade them as soon as possible. Weaken the team again. You already have an out. Kirby Doc's out for the rest of the season. Savard is still out. Right now, Harvey Pernard's got an injury. Jack Guy's got an injury. You're going to have more injuries. You're playing 476 hockey right now. It's second worst in the East. It's eighth worst in the NHL. Your power play uh, has gone scoreless in your last six games. You're 22 in the power play out of 32 teams. Your penalty kill is 27 out of 32 teams. Your goals for per games played is 28 out of 32 teams. Your goals against per games played is 25 out of 32 teams. You're not a good hockey team. Make yourself weaker and finally try and get a better draft pick. And try and get a guy who can score goals. Cole Caulfield cannot be the only guy that's going to score goals on this team going forward because then you're going to put a guy on Caulfield and you're going to try and negate him. He needs help. He needs support. That's, I know you're not going to like That's exactly why we – that's why exactly there's a lottery now, right? So people can't tank and, and, and I understand. know exactly where they're going to fall. I, I don't disagree where Allen could help a team, but he's not playing that much right now. And then Savard could have helped the team as a good teammate, as a good fifth and sixth defenseman on a team that's going for the cup, but he's not playing right now. And then Monaghan, we went over it. I think these three guys could help the team. Why would you want to move Madison? He's the only guy that can play a lot of minutes. He's from Montreal. And I think he's got some upside. He can give you some good years in Montreal. But other than that, who are you going to trade to weaken the teams? Are we going to trade everybody and say, hey, Take care of that injury right now. Stay out a little, a month, a little bit, a month longer. There is no Connor Bedard this year. There is no. Obviously, a lot of teams were tanking last year because of that. They were trying to, yeah, uh, without saying it. But how? To me, like I think Martin Saint Louis wants healthy bodies on the ice. He wants to do everything to win hockey games. So how how do you build a culture if for more than one year losing is okay? Well, Chicago's doing it to me. Wow, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, what what, what are the options? That's my no, point. Hold on a second. Didn't didn't Mark Bergevin say that the beauty of Shea Weber, what he brought to the locker room, that by the time he was going to leave the Canadians, the culture of the team was not going to skip a beat. The culture of the organization, because of what he brought, didn't he say that? Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to fix the culture again. What happened? A lot of things happened. <laughs> well, we, but it's a brand new organization anyway, right? That's so true, it's, it, and it's up to them. Hey, they did. They're doing things right. It's just a plan. You need players to stay healthy. You need players on the ice. You need them to get better. You need them to score goals, win hockey games, lose games, block shots, pay the price, grow together. But right now, we're not doing that. There's no consistency. There's too many injuries. Who are we really building around? Uh, and if you want to build a culture, it's through the tough times, but you're not going to get lucky like Chicago every year to get a Connor Bedard or to get a Crosby or to get some, some of those players. Cause you know, it, it, New Jersey's doing it right now, but New Jersey's picked early twice uses a hell of a player. Uh, um, but they've drafted well. Mercer is a key part of that team and they've had players through trades and free agency and a Toffoli that I was talking about earlier that comes in to complement some of those guys. And they've made major, major trades to move ahead. But okay. are we really going to tank this year again to draft who? Who's Is there really a 50-goal scorer in the, to, that we can pick in the top 10 this year? There, there's going to be some. There's going to be some later in the draft, too, that we just don't know who they are. All right. Well, Matt Celebrini is, is a heck of a player. Yeah. The guy who's going to be draft number one. Cole yeah. Iserman. I think he's a goal scorer. He's just a bigger, uh, physically, I mean, Cole Caulfield. Uh, he's not a complete player at all, but he's going to be a great goal scorer. And then who knows? So, And then there, there's a bunch of defensemen. So, yeah, it, it depends on lottery luck. Obviously, by finishing last, you guarantee your team at least the number three pick. Uh, but... Uh, about trading uh, players, I think it depends on the return. If you're just going to trade players and get f- fifth-round picks, uh, I mean, why would you do that? 
But if well, if look at what get, Chicago did. They traded players to trade players to give themselves the best chance at Bedard, and they got him. Yeah, but they, they also want to clean house, you know, salary wise. You know, they yeah, I understand. But, yeah. but for the Habs, what's hard right now is some very, very bad contracts still. It's not being talked about a lot, but you know, Dvorak, um, uh, Gallagher, uh, Armia, uh, Anderson. That's difficult contracts to trade. The, the Jake Allen, the, the, the pay sheet. No, no, I hear you. The diff- Listen, okay, there's surprises. There's disappointments at the quarter mark of the season. The disappointment, I think it's going to be unanimous here. Guys, Josh Anderson, zero goals, two assists yeah. after 21 games. Yeah. Right? Biggest but disappointment. To me, it's hard to understand where, like, you have, let's say, Montembeau plays a good game, but you don't want to change the plan, right? So you, you, you go with the other goalie, and everybody plays a game on the road. So something's working. You, you break it apart. Because that's the plan, and then something that doesn't work, you put Anderson on the first power play, and he stays there every night. That's the one thing I don't get. There must Me be either. some major arguments within the coach's room about that, and I don't know who makes the last call. Usually, it's the head coach, but I don't get it. You tell me New Hook wouldn't be better in the middle there, or Slavkowski, or or two defensemen on the point, or or something. And I like Anderson; he, he's trying hard, but it's just not working out. And sometimes no. you put. More pressure on him by putting him out there than that you help him. Well, listen, I, I at one point I would even try Ulanen over uh, Josh Anderson right I now would. on the power play. But when you keep on like playing him, a guy, when you keep on playing a guy, Phil, there's three things, right? It's yeah. either one, you keep on playing him because he's a veteran, and so it's probably a more difficult thing to do than bench a player like that. Number two, you probably keep on playing him because you want to you want to help his confidence right so you figure i can't i can't oh. not play him now i'm trying to help his confidence and number three you're probably playing him because you want him to score because maybe he's a player you move eventually but you can't move him if he's not producing points you can't you're not gonna move it's not gonna happen and i saw a stat somewhere he's one of the most used player in the nhl on a power play this year usually you get two points by just pucks hitting you when in front of the net to me, and I, I know he's trying, but I just don't, I just don't get it. And and you, you mentioned Ilonen. Honestly, I, I the two two players I really like in Montreal is Evans and Ilonen, and and the 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 they're good players. They're good, honest worker. And sometimes I'm wondering if they would play a little bit more. If Montreal would be better off. Ilonen's got some decent hands and a good shot. Evans got what 69, 70 points in about 200 games with never being put in an offensive role. I think th- those two guys are pretty good soldiers from Martin Saint-Louis that, that can do a little bit. And you, 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 you wouldn't waste anything on trying those guys on the power play. And Anderson would be I, – I, sooner or later, I think he would be relieved to just go on the second power play, take some time, and maybe find his confidence in, in, in a different way. Because when you, you're getting grade-A chances after grade-A chances after grade-A chances and you can't put it in, sometimes you just need to break. Snake. This is not a first for Anderson, by the way, because I don't know if you remember a few years ago, he had zero goal in, in 27 games. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I definitely remember that. Snake, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki have the same amount of goals, same amount of assists, same amount of points. Um, Who's having a more disappointing season of the two, even though they're both leading the Canadians in points? Well, you mean depending on the expectations, or depending on what they where they should be uh, right now after a few seasons? D- depending uh, on the, on their game and where you thought they would be. Because to me, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I I never saw Suzuki as a guy who can be like a top player for like eighty two games. I think he disappears quite a bit for for many games. I I don't think he's the hardest worker over the span of you know eighty two games. Uh, Cole Caulfield, he is who he is. Uh, he's a power play specialist. He's a three-on-three specialist. Uh, but is he necessarily uh, a top-line dominant uh, player? No, I think he's a goal scorer. And but so and so far he hasn't scored a lot. Maybe that'll change, you know. So maybe it, it could. It's early in the season. He could still get 30, 35 goals. Who knows? Uh, but I, I would have to say, look, if I have to pick one of the two as a disappointment, I would. Probably see Cole Caulfield. Phil, is this a better group than it was a year ago? Last year, they went into terrible funks, 
Okay. Three major slumps. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, they, they had that four-game losing streak. It's been a little bit better than it was a year ago. Um, we're going to see if they're going to hit those slumps. Here's Marty St. Louis earlier today asked if it's a more solid group in terms of being able to avoid slumps going forward. On est capable de se corriger. Euh, ça, c'est important euh, dans la Ligue. Puis, on est une meilleure place pour ça cette année. Mais, on, est, on, est, on est encore une jeune équipe, mais on est moins jeune qu'on l'était. Fait que, euh, puis on a des... All right. Uh... Fait que, non, écoute, tu veux pas avoir des... Euh, Okay, I don't, not so sure what happened there, but anyway, Marty St. Louis mm-hmm. says, uh, yeah, you know, we're, uh, I, I think he, he says we're a year older and uh, we're a little bit more solid than we were a year ago. So I, I think he likes where his team is heading. Well, I think they're not going to have major slumps like last year. They, they prepared better in training camp, so they didn't have the zero and eight uh, record going through the season. They, they do have a little bit more experience, but health-wise, it's going to be the, how healthy they can stay and what they do at the trade deadline. If they do get younger, like like you're hoping so, Tony, yeah. it's going to be a little bit harder because those those defensemen that are a year older, it's the uh, sophomore jinx, right, they call it. Yeah. So yeah. the second year, sometimes it can be a little bit harder. They're at, they've been asked a little bit more. If you move some of those guys, if, if a Madison get, get injured, uh, who's going to play those minutes? But they're they're better equipped, I think, to to not face those. Something like we're we're talking about Montreal, I would say, in in a fair or negative way, after four points on the road, right? It's it's a decent. It's not bad to get four points when you go it's out not. to California. Could have been zero, but, though. but it, it could have been. Yeah, but they still four. got wide because they're maybe a year older. Montembeau played yeah. well in in a certain game, and then. Because Anaheim is a decent, well, it's a decent team, decent young team that's struggling, but and they never had a chance in LA. But yeah, they, uh, uh, they are better equipped to weather the storm this year than they were last year. I okay, believe. I'm going to leave you guys with this. It's been a lot of fun, guys. It really has. But I'm going to save my la- last question. Um, well, my last question is this. Now I'm going to put you guys on the spot. We heard Marty St. Louis answering the questions. He thinks the group is better. They're a year older. It's still a process, but they're learning the, the, the concepts, all that stuff. Guys, we got to be honest with each other, right? He can't come out and say that they're inferior to what they were a year ago, that they would. He can't. I mean, that mm-hmm. would be, wouldn't look very good on, on, on what he's trying to accomplish with this group and the work that he's trying to do with them, right? But when you hear they're better, they're better, they're better, they're better, they're better as a group, they're better individually, they're learning the concepts, the process, the this, the that. Are you all in? Do you, you believe it? Do you believe, you believe that too, uh, Phil? Yes or no? Are they better? Are, are the young they're, they're, better? they're going somewhere. They're going somewhere. And then the, the, how long is paid? Like Martin St. Louis came here and decided to stay with a plan. The plan is not a five-year plan. The plan is to move ahead to take a team last year to go somewhere with it. Some players individually are doing better. The team is doing somewhat better now. Um, but Martin St. Louis is going to be asking for, for munition going forward. That's uh, They're a little bit of a better team than last year, but not that much. But moving forward, they'll have to make some moves to make it better. Snake, based on what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon were expecting from Marty St. Louis, do you believe he's delivered up until now? Yes or no, and why? I think so because he's getting the most out of uh, the roster that they're giving him, and like I said earlier, the fact that they did not really do anything to improve the team. Uh, are are they better than last year? I think they're slightly better, but I, I, I don't think they were expected to be more than slightly better. And there's still a long, long way to go before they become a contender. They need way, way many more pieces. All right. There you have it, guys. This is a huge pleasure. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't deliver on Jean Perron, everyone watching, but he was uh, with us uh, trying to connect up until uh, showtime. And I don't know what happened. So let's take a rain check on that. We promise you that we'll bring you Jean Perron at one point. Uh, Phil Boucher, merci beaucoup. Snake. They call him the snake. I call him Uzerpend. 
Merci, bonsoir. Thank you very much, guys. guys. I appreciate it. All right, okay, once again, the SICK Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by Playground, over 600 machines, poker tournaments, Playground, casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal and... La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. For everyone watching tonight, thank you very much. Like and share with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. And if you can, leave us a five-star review on Apple if you're going to be listening at some point. For Agnello, Sammy, Juliana, and Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. Have a good night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.